And I'll read to you from first from Isaiah 35. Read Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, there we read the word of God. The wilderness and the desert will be glad, and the aroma will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will blossom profusely, and rejoice with rejoicing and shout of joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Encourage the exhausted and strengthen the feeble. Say to those with anxious heart, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come. But he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the rubber. The scorched land will become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, its resting place, grass becomes reeds and rushes. A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks that way. And fools will not wander on it, No lion will be there, nor will any vicious beast go up on it. These will not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion, with everlasting joy upon their heads. They will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. And this morning I want to preach God's word to you as we read that in Mark 7. Mark 7, the verses 31 to 37. Mark 7 from verse 31. They will read again, he, that is Jesus Christ, went out from the region of Tyre and came through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, within the region, region of Decapolis. They brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty, and they implored him to lay his hand on him. Jesus took him aside from the crowd by himself and put his fingers into his ears and after spitting he touched his tongue with the saliva and looking up to heaven 
with a deep sigh, he said to him, Ephata, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was removed. And he began speaking plainly. And he gave them orders not to tell anyone. But the more he ordered them, the more widely they continued to proclaim it. They were utterly astonished, saying, He has done all things well. He makes even the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Let's now pray for the preaching of the word. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Guide and strengthen your servant through your spirit, that he may proclaim your word faithfully and boldly. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see the riches of your word. Open our hearts to respond to that word in faith and repentance. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, what a brokenness we still face in this life. What a physical, mental and psychological challenges. What a painful limitations, defects, disabilities, disorders due to accidents, illness or old age. Sometimes to the degree that people can't communicate properly anymore. Some people can no longer speak, hear, see or walk. Others never had that privilege. They were born with a disability. All very sad and painful experiences. Beloved, during his ministry on earth, Christ paid special attention to the sick and vulnerable. In the Gospels we read about all kinds of healing wonders. In Matthew 15, verse 30 and 31, we read, And large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. And they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd marvelled as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they glorified the God of Israel. These healing wonders characterise Christ's ministry. When he imprisoned John the Baptist, 
questions whether Jesus is indeed the promised Messiah, Jesus refers to those healing wonders. John's messengers are sent back to him with the words, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Matthew 11 verse 5. These miracles prove that Jesus is genuinely God's Messiah. He does what only God can do. And he does this according to the Messianic promises. The account of these healing wonders could give rise to the longing to have Christ present here and now. Just think of that incurable sickness you or your loved ones struggle with. That sad disability with which loved ones have to go through life. Wouldn't it be great to have Christ here again? He would only have to speak one word and that would be sufficient to free from that sickness or handicap. What a great thing it must have been for those people of the past to experience Christ's healing power. Well, beloved, how understandable that longing may be. Let's not forget why Christ performed those wonders. Those wonders were meant to point to something. That's why they're called signs. They pointed ahead to the complete redemption Christ would bring about. The redemption not only from sin, but also from the consequences of sin. Those healing wonders were given so that we would not doubt the complete redemption promised to us. They confirmed the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. I proclaim to you that gospel under the theme, Christ guarantees the complete redemption of life. Christ guarantees the complete redemption of life. Soul and body. And we'll consider three points. Firstly, Christ's disappointment. Secondly, Christ's glory. And thirdly, Christ's restraint. John's Gospel begins with the familiar words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was at the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. 
these words speak about our Lord Jesus Christ before his incarnation. They tell us how it was in the beginning when God created heaven and earth with everything in it. Then the word, God's Son, was also present. The Son was even closely involved in Father's work of creation. We read that the Father created all things through the Son. The Word became flesh. He came to this earth. And he moved around among Father's created beings. When God created everything through the Son, it could be said it was very good. But now Christ appears in Decapolis, southeast of the Sea of Galilee. He meets a deaf and mute man. The man can't hear and can't speak properly. He's like a besieged city. Normal communication is impossible. Just think for a moment how isolated this man must have been. Here is a created human being standing before Christ in Father's world. How it must have grieved Christ to see that man before him. Look what has become of that beautiful creation in the beginning. When everything was very good. Look what has become of a man originally destined to rule over Father's creation. Look what has become of man who was created with the ability to communicate. Did God not communicate with man? Man was created in such a way that he could receive, process and respond to the words of his creator. Man was destined to praise his creator. But what do we see of this with the deaf and mute man? Christ can't even communicate with him. Christ's words, his preaching, cannot reach him. The man is not accessible. And if nothing can enter, then the man cannot praise his creator either. Here Jesus receives a living proof of the destruction that sin has brought about of the brokenness of God's beautiful creation. The man stands before Jesus, the Son of God, through whom the Father created all things. He stands before the Son, through whom the Father also wants to restore all things. The people beg him, 
to heal the man by laying his hand on him. Laying hands on someone was a common sign of imparting to someone the power and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And thus Jesus had frequently already laid his hands on sick people, after which they were healed. In this situation, however, Christ does not want to apply that method. Why not? It's probably related to the handicap of this man. Remember, Christ personally cares about the individual needs of the sick and vulnerable. He knows how the person feels and what he needs. He knows the sick, but he also knows the crowd. Like a good shepherd, he considers that specific situation. And therefore Christ does not always perform his miracles of healing in the same way. People are not just numbers to him. He gives every person the appropriate pastoral care. And thus Christ, who knows the hearts, takes this man aside away from the crowd. And Christ then does things that are most fitting in this situation. The first thing that needs to happen is to make the man accessible to Christ's work. But how can Christ make clear to this man what he is going to do. Words can't reach him. Christ therefore puts his fingers into the man's ears. He shows the man that he wants to do something about his ears. Those ears need to be opened so that Christ's words can enter. Then Christ spits and touches the man's tongue with it. On a dry day, our tongues can sometimes stick to the palate. And moisture is needed to loosen them up. So Christ wants to make clear with his action that he wants to release the man's tongue. Through those two actions, it can be clear to the deaf and mute man what Christ has in mind. Christ's symbolic deeds open the contact, can arouse the man's expectations and make him receptive to Christ's work. And then Christ shows his glory. That's the second point. Look what Christ must do to reach this man. A sad picture of Father's original creation. 
one can understand that Christ sighs. The brokenness and needs of his created human beings touch him deeply. It's very sad to see it. Once Christ has opened contact with the man, Christ looks up to heaven, calls in Father's help. Christ doesn't do anything apart from his Father. As it went at the creation, so it's also done with the work of recreation. In perfect harmony, the Father and the Son work together. Thus the Father does it through the Son. And then we hear the Son call out, Ephetah, which means be opened. Christ speaks his authoritative and powerful word. And then something happens. For when he, the word, God's son, speaks, then something comes about. When he commands, it stands. Think of Psalm 33, verse 9. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. And therefore it follows in our text, and his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was removed, and he began speaking plainly. All obstacles disappear. The man who is closed to his surroundings is opened. Words can now freely enter. The man who had a speech impediment can now speak plainly. The man can hear God's words and sing God's praises. Christ's authoritative word creates and restores. Christ reveals his glory. A glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Christ has mercy on God's created human beings. In this he demonstrates that he is the messianic king of Psalm 72. We will read, For he will deliver the needy when he cries for help, the afflicted also, and him who has no helper. He will have compassion on the poor and needy, and the lives of the needy he will save. Psalm 72, verse 12 and 13. And the praise of the Messianic King in Psalm 72 ends with the praise of the Lord God. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone works wonders. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory Amen and Amen. Thus in this healing wonder, Christ shows the glory of the Father. 
A wonderful proof of the salvation God has promised. After all, the gospel is not just for your soul. God's good news is also meant for our bodies. His word of redemption embraces our full life. The Creator wants to save and restore your whole being. The prophets had already prophesied about this. Think of what we read in Isaiah 35. The Lord promises not only the forgiveness of sins, but also the deliverance from the consequences of sins. We hear Isaiah prophesy, then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. Isaiah 35, 5 and 6. It is clear that the promised salvation includes not only the soul but also the body. The new full life is envisioned and demonstrated in the healing of the deaf and mute man. In this way Christ shows how far his salvation extends. He came into the world not only to forgive sins but also to restore life. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit seek a restored creation. And beloved, the people who witness the healing of the deaf and mute man understand something of it. They're absolutely overwhelmed with amazement and say, he has done or made all things well. They express their amazement with words that remind us of Genesis 1 verse 31. After creation, God saw everything he had made and behold, it was very good. In Genesis, this is said of God's work of creation. In our text, it is said of God's work of recreation. After the healing of one deaf and mute man, we hear, he has done or made all things well. He makes even the deaf, plural, notice it's plural here, he makes even the deaf to hear and the mute, also in the plural, to speak. The one healing wonder is a sign of a complete new world in which all deaf people will hear and all mute people will talk. In this way Christ ushers in the new messianic age. In him the kingdom of God has come near. It's now breaking new ground with power. No one or nothing can stop it 
Ears are open and tongues are released. The messianic salvation is brought near according to Isaiah 35. But brothers and sisters, why then Christ's restraint? That's the third point of the sermon. Why does Christ charge the people not to tell anyone about it? Surely Christ's glory and his salvation must be made known. Why does Christ forbid it? Well, the people are not ready to act as Christ's messengers. Increasingly, Christ is saddened by the fact that his own people do not pay serious attention to his message. Just before Christ had withdrawn himself and gone to the region of Tyre and Sidon, he had appealed to the crowd, listen to me, all of you, and understand. Mark 7 verse 14. People are slow to hear, but they love sensation. Is it any different today? Who does not prefer sensation above plain preaching? Is that to a degree not the reason why Pentecostal churches are so popular today? At the time of the text, people don't pay attention to Christ's preaching but they love to see signs and wonders. When Christ returns to the Sea of Galilee, they again ask for a sign. At this point of time, people don't need to broadcast that miracle of healing. More important is that they listen to Christ's preaching then they can gain a proper understanding of what Christ is all about. Otherwise, they can start seeing Christ as a kind of witch doctor or medicine man. They could even be tempted to make Jesus their king. And this would mean that the essence of his work would escape their attention. Exclusive attention for his healing wonders would mean a serious misunderstanding regarding Christ's major work. After all, Christ didn't come to heal in the first place. No, first of all, he came to remove the cause of all misery, namely sin. His main task is to pay for the sins and to reconcile us with God. First there must be the preaching of reconciliation. First people must hear the word and believe. 
He who believes will be saved. And that salvation will ultimately include soul and body. It finds its climax and crown in a total recreation, restoration in the new heaven and new earth. Christ's program runs from the A to the Z, from suffering and death as payment for sins to preaching, faith and complete restoration. That's Christ's program. Let people not misunderstand it and turn it around. And thus you can understand Christ's restraint. But why did Christ then perform this healing wonder in the first place? Should he not, in light of that program, have waited with it? Well, Christ wanted to confirm his gospel. To demonstrate that the good news he preaches is not just empty words, but full reality. Just look at a deaf and mute man who can now hear and speak. You can see it and hear it. There's no reason to doubt God's good news. You can be absolutely sure of it. Christ has given clear evidence. Wonders of healing. Signs of that complete restoration of life. And thus, unbelief is exposed as short-sightedness and foolish opposition to the facts of God's kingdom. After all, after all that has happened, you can no longer think little of our Saviour and of the gospel of his kingdom. The evidence of the redeemed life in Christ is there to see. On the other hand, brothers and sisters, don't forget that these are just signs the climax, the full realisation of your redemption is still to come. And don't forget that all those people that Christ healed ultimately still died to physical death. They too still had to look forward to that ultimate restoration of life. But that moment, that full realisation is not there yet. Now it's still a time that you must first of all believe. Believe the word proclaimed to you. Therefore do not focus all your attention on those healing wonders. Those wonders are just signs. And the value of a sign is that it points to something else. 
the sign itself is not the most important. Just think of road signs. The road signs are not the most important. What is most important is what the road signs refer to. For example, a dangerous bend ahead of you. That's what you must pay attention to. Otherwise you might roll your car, endanger your life. The healing wonders therefore draw your attention to the gospel of Christ. To Christ and his kingdom. Through it, you see how true it is that Christ is the redeemer of life. You receive wonderful prospects. It promises to be something great when Christ reaches the Z. Everything will then be overcome. The world will be freed from all those painful consequences of sin. Every brokenness and disability will be removed for good. The eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. This is true and certain. This will happen. Note the signs pointing to it. God's creation will be completely restored. And the redeemed of God will freely sing God's praises without any impediment, without any physical or mental barriers. Brothers and sisters, what a great comfort for us who still live in this broken and fallen world and who still experience painful limitations and impediments. Do not keep focusing on what you or your loved ones lack here on earth. Marvel in the first place about what you and your loved ones possess. Those loved ones with disabilities, those with special needs, those with special those with difficulties in life among God's people possess God's rich covenant promises promises of full redemption eternal life and glory those among God's people who now struggle with physical or mental health problems will later be part of that innumerable crowd praising God. They will be great examples, proofs of God's almighty redeeming power. 
Now there is still the struggle and brokenness for each of us. An enemy we try to combat with all available means. But while we now experience the painful limitations, God will one day make everything very good again. Notice the living proof of this in Christ's healing wonders recorded in the Bible for us. God's word is trustworthy and true. He does what he has promised. He will do in due course. He will in due course speak and it will come about. That new, unimpeded life and glory of his redeemed. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God and Father, thank you for that wonderful gospel of redemption in Jesus Christ. Thank you for those healing wonders. Thank you above all for what those wonders signify that you guarantee complete restoration, redemption of body and soul. Father, will you look upon us here on earth as we struggle with physical, mental, psychological or spiritual challenges. You know the pain and the struggle this brings about in the lives of your children. And you know at times that there can be that longing to be delivered from further suffering and pain. But Father, will you grant patience, grant strength to deal with the daily challenges, knowing that our times are in your hands. Thank you, Father, for placing our lives in the context of your redemptive work and placing it in the light of that glorious redemption you promise. Help us to see and experience that you are preparing us for glory through all those trials and challenges of this life. Thank you for your glorious promises. Help us to hold on to them never to give up on you, but to trust in you and to let those glorious, that glorious future encourage us to persevere. Help us and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.